Hey folks, welcome back to Patriot to the Core podcast. I am Thad Forster. Appreciate you listening this week and thank you for all the support and all the ratings and uh, all the downloads on the episodes. Um, before I get to Will Thomas today, I did want to thank uh, Quilts for Warriors for the recent five-star review on iTunes. I won't read it all, but basically... Uh, this person, Alexis, she's emailed me and told me she's listened to the episodes multiple times because she drives a lot. So thank you very much, Alexis, for the support and for the review. So please, I'd love for you, uh, anyone else out there, to please go rate the podcast on iTunes and uh, write a review, preferably as well. But um, anyway, that'll help us get the word out and try to get found easier for people uh, when they're out there searching. But uh, our guest today, Will, uh, he, he's he's really a remarkable young guy. Um, when he was 12 years old, when the extortion 17 happened, if you remember, that was the the Chinook that went down, that was shot down in uh, August 6, 2011, and we lost uh, basically like 38 38 people killed, mostly Americans, many seals. There was uh, controllers, some PJs. Um, a dog, anyway, just just several different people. It was a, it was a huge loss, and um, Will was 12 years old at the time, and he just wanted to do something to honor those brave heroes and to uh, show some respect to their families as well. And so he had no direct connection to anyone that was killed or part of that, uh, but he decided to do something that he loved, which was basketball, take that and find a way to raise some awareness and bring some attention and some money to some special operations foundations. And there's multiple ones that support special ops. And so he's uh, it's morphed into bigger and better things. And, and so he's really a remarkable young man. So I'll get Will on here now. He can kind of explain in more detail what he did by the 20,000 shots he made that first weekend he started this and how it's grown from there. I have with me today Will Thomas from up in Virginia and uh, I've, he does a lot of work for the special operations community and uh, Will thanks for joining me today. Yeah no problem happy to be here. All right um, why don't you just go ahead and tell us I, I think how you got started was from the extortion 17 from the chinook crash back in 2011 do you mind uh, or and maybe it started before that so clear that up with me and, and just tell me maybe how that what happened what motivated you to do what you were doing yeah so it all started back in 2011 like you said with the extortion 17 crash um over in afghanistan and i was i think 12 years old at the time and i really had no grasp on anything beyond what I'd seen in the movies or heard on TV about about the military and much less about special operations. I really, really didn't know much about it at all. Um, but I, when, when the helicopter went down, you know, 30, 30 guys lost their lives. And it was a pretty big deal. It was all over the news. And so I saw it, I think I saw it on TV, some of the stories, and I was moved by it. And I knew that these guys had made a pretty big sacrifice, but I really had no grasp on the magnitude of how big of a loss it was at the time. But I just thought, you know, this is a pretty tough situation, and a lot of these guys had families and kids that they left behind, 
And if that were my dad, I would I would like for somebody to to prove that they're they're with me and do something that shows that they care about my loss and they feel bad for me. And that's it. It, it took me a, a little while to come up with an idea to do that, just because I was a twelve year old middle schooler and really had no idea how to support a cause that I was passionate about because this was really one of the first ones in that category. And so I concluded that basketball was one of my favorite sports at the time. And if there was a way that I could use that sport to, I don't know, show that I cared and maybe leverage a little money to go towards the families that lost their, their dads and husbands and children, um, over in that helicopter. Um, I thought that would be a pretty cool thing to do because, I already was shooting a lot of baskets just for fun, and maybe if I kept track of them and made it into a challenge, then maybe that could catch on, and that's exactly what happened. So did you – who was your uh, – the guy that you bounced all your ideas off of? Was it your dad or your mom or, or who? Yeah, it was it was both my parents and my sister as well, but mostly my dad, I'd say. He's definitely been the most involved with me on this ride. Um, and, and we've both learned so much. Neither of us were very familiar with the military prior just because we don't, we didn't have family that served and we didn't really know many people well enough that were in the military to really know all that much about it. So this whole experience, one of the, one of the greatest aspects of it for us, I think has just been becoming familiar with this incredible world that we really didn't know existed beyond what we had seen through the media yeah and you know i'm i'm impressed that most people when when they heard about that that wreck and you know with the over 30 people killed mostly americans they they hear seals all the seals killed but Mm -hmm. we know it wasn't just navy seals there were some air force special ops guys you know there was some uh i don't know an interpreter there were some afghan Mm-hmm. Afghan guys, so I'm kind of impressed that you realize that hey, this isn't just Navy SEALs; it's it's other special operations guys. Yeah, it actually started out as just a, a Navy SEAL mission, and I actually spoke with some of the family members of the SEALs that passed, and they were obviously very moved by what I was doing, and they really appreciated it. But they they explained to me that there were more people aboard that helicopter than just SEALs. And, and like I said, I, I really didn't know all that much about the military. I didn't know the different branches, and I wasn't all that familiar with that. So when they told me that, I was like, oh, well, in that case, let's let's try to expand it. And from then on, it's expanded to cover every branch of special operations. Mm-hmm. So you decide to use basketball to raise money. So what did you do from there? So we decided this was, this was in August, on August 6th, when the helicopter went down, and I guess news made its way to me within a week or so after that. And I decided that I was over Labor Day weekend, which is the first week, first weekend in September, I was going to do a shooting challenge. And like I said, the first, the first challenge was to honor Navy SEALs. And there were 17 aboard that helicopter that passed away that day. So I decided I'd shoot a thousand baskets for each of those, totaling 17,000. And I reached out to friends and family and neighbors to tell them about what I was planning on doing and tried to raise a little bit of money 
for the cause for the Navy SEAL Foundation, and I ended up surpassing my goal, and I think we ended up raising over $50,000, which was really incredible just because wow. I had no clue. So it was it was such a such a small thing in my mind that the fact that so many people rally around it proved that the cause was a very worthy one, and that's something I've been very grateful for. So just before you started, were you thinking, like, were you... Did you ever allow? Did it bother you? Like it gets you down emotionally? Like oh crap! I got to shoot seventeen thousand shots. How did you? Um, how did you approach it? Well, that that first weekend, to be honest with you, I had I had no idea what seventeen thousand baskets meant. Just because whenever I went out and shot baskets, it was just for fun, and I'd go inside when I got tired, and then I'd come back out if I was rested up and wanted to shoot some more. So, so I I just threw that number out there because it sounded like a nice round number. I really didn't. <laughs> know how much how much work it would entail um and so waking up on saturday morning sunday morning after having shot for multiple days prior your your muscles are pretty sore and you'd probably rather be in bed sleeping in but the cause was something that really meant a lot to me and it really just took a second to remember why i was doing it and who i was doing it for and it never it never became that much of a mental struggle beyond that at all just because I, I had a good reason for doing it, in my opinion, and that just motivated me. So what was your timeline? So so we've done Labor Day shooting challenges each of the last, I want to say, five years. And each time we start on Friday afternoon around 3 or 4, and then we shoot through Monday night. So that usually totals to around 60 hours with sleeping in between. Okay. Wow. Okay. What did you say? 60 60, 60, 0. Okay. So, um, when you did it the first time, did you did it take you till Monday to get the 17,000 shots? Yeah, it, we I think we hit 17,000 on, I don't know, Monday evening, probably around 5 or 6, but we decided, you know, we had a couple hours left in the, in the day, and we kept shooting, and I made it all the way to, 20, to over 20,000. So, because <laughs> there were a lot of people who had pledged per basket so the more baskets i made beyond my goal was the more money that went to the cause so that was just more of a reason to keep going all right so these had to be made baskets is that right correct oh wow all right so where are you shooting from uh that we've we've varied it um year to year it started out just as free throws and then as i got bigger and the three-point line came into play. We turned it into three-pointers. And after three-pointers, we did some combinations of free throws and three-pointers. And we've messed with the numbers a little bit um, each time. But mostly the shots have been free throws and three-pointers. Okay, and this is just in your driveway. The first the first weekend it was back in 2011. But since then, we've gone into a gym so that we had like correct markings. Yeah, okay. So that first time was it was it just you shooting or did some other people join you? Um, it was just me, but after I did it, a lot of my basketball teammates and just friends who like the sport were like, "Wow, like it's a pretty cool thing that you're doing," and I, I like the cause as well, just because I feel like everybody can agree that it's a very worthy cause. Um, and they were like, "Do you mind if I like share some of the shot load with you?" And they asked me a bunch of questions, and I really didn't know how to answer just because I hadn't. <laughs> um, perceived like the fact that people would want to join me in this 
And so we thought about that and how to try and get other people involved. And that's when we came up with something that we called the E17 Free Throw Challenge, named after Extortion 17. Um, and that was a national effort that we put out, I think, in 2013, where people from all around the country, um, whether as teams or individuals, would keep track of the free throws they made and raise money based on that um, within their own communities. And so we had people from all over participating, mostly in the Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. area, just because most people around here were familiar with it more yeah. so than people from around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sort of how we got other people involved, just because we had this influx of people saying, you know, we, w- we want to do something too. And that's just how we came up with a system to to get those people involved, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, so uh, I love basketball, and I have shot a lot in my day, including when I was your <laughs> age. And, of course, I've never shot that many sh- shots in a <laughs> period of time. But I'm, I'm wondering, I know you said sometimes when you would get up in the morning or you'd wake up, you were tired. But was there were there ever times when you were shooting, you're like, you know what, I, I think I've done enough. This is sufficient. You know, 5,000 shots is sufficient. Maybe I can just move on. What was your uh, not, in your head? Not really. I'm. I mean, that this thoughts never really crossed my mind, just because I knew I'd set a goal and I had deemed that that goal was attainable, and it never really crossed my mind to stop before I reached my goal. And at any time, I thought, oh, like we're running behind pace. Like there's no way we're going to be able to do it. I just I had to remember why I was doing it and regain my motivation. Yeah, well, that's good motivation. Yeah, for sure. So, so what about now? Well, actually, I wanted to say something. I mean, uh, you mentioned how you, you're basically you were innocent. You had no clue what kind of undertaking it was. And mm-hmm. I saw in your uh, the Sports Illustrated Kids video, the the gentleman that they when they talked to, I think he was a congressman maybe or a senator. How mm-hmm. he, he said uh, you didn't. You were too young to know any better. Yeah. And and he talked about. It was actually a, a Green Beret from the Vietnam War, and he talked about how anytime you want to really get something done, you got to ask, you got to ask a younger person to do it because they won't, they won't understand the limitations, and they'll yeah. just go ahead and, and get it done. And that's one thing that stuck with me too, um, just because I thought it was pretty symbolic of what I was doing. Just because I went out and did something that I feel like most people would be like there's no way you're going to be able to do that. And um, I didn't necessarily think that I was going to be able to do it, but I didn't didn't really see it as something that I wouldn't be able to do. So I just went out and gave it my best shot, and it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. Well, I mean, 20,000 shots, that made, 27,000 free throws made, basically. That is, that's incredible. And uh, I, and I, I saw your form, and I'm sure, when that video was made, it might have been a year or two later, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe your form was was different when you're 12 versus 14, but you got you had good form. Uh, you know that that right arm had to be, you know, just exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of interesting actually, just because as you as you go on certain parts of your body that you're using time and time again with the same shots, they get sore, and so you almost have to like change your form to compensate for the parts of your body that have gotten tired. That's one that's one trick I learned after the first couple of years is like. Yeah, like I've always been taught to shoot with great form, and and I, I try to, 
uh, especially in like games when the shots really have to go in. But once I've shot, I don't know, ten thousand baskets the same exact way, um, that like your right bicep and your quads and your legs, they're pretty tired, so you might have to compensate using other parts of your body, which <laughs> maybe some of my coaches wouldn't wouldn't be too fond of. But right. I had to do what I had to do. Yep. Yep. Well, so how has this, how did this affect you when you, so accomplishing such a lofty goal, how has that spilled over the rest of your life now? I mean, I guess it's just proven to me that if you, if you have a good reason for doing something and you have the, the resources and the motivation to go out and make something happen, there's no reason that you should limit yourself. And, and that's one thing, especially when I've, gone back and talked to some younger kids either in elementary school or middle school now that I've grown up a little bit that's that's one thing that I always try to make clear it, it's like if you have an idea or something that you want to do you should never write yourself off just because you think it's really crazy and and I I think that's that's something that I've learned especially for myself that uh, five or six years ago I never would have thought that I'd be able to create an organization that like the one that Hawkeye has become and and just because you can never you can never predict something like that. It just sort of happens and you're like, Wow, how do we get here after after five years? How do we produce something this awesome? And you know, you, you never you can never limit yourself just because you you never know how far you can go. Yeah, that's right. That's good advice. So so how did Sports Illustrated find out and contact you about doing a video and putting you in their magazine and whatever else came from that. I'm not sure how they initially found out, but there there had been a bunch of of smaller news stories on the on the shooting challenges, whether like all the local news stations hopped on it and CNN and CBS Evening News, which CBS Evening News was probably the biggest one. I think that happened before SI Kids, so that's probably how they saw it, just because that was the first national broadcast. And I just I just got an email from from one of their SI guys, and they said that they thought it was a pretty cool story, and they were wondering if they could they could help push the word out about it. And that's one thing that I've always been grateful to with regard to the media is that. They always think that, that I'm doing them some big favor by giving granting them some time, but really it, it it helps me just as much as it helps anyone else. Just because this mission that is important to me, it it gets in front of more people and more people know what it's all about, and they l- maybe learn a little something about special operations and these men who have sacrificed it all for us that they otherwise would never have heard about. Oh yeah, well, and I know uh, I didn't know anyone personally that was killed. But I know some spouses and family members of those uh, that, that I've met at some events over the years. And I know John Brown was a PJ who was mm-hmm. killed. And um, and then uh, a Harvell, one of the Harvells, yep. uh, was one of the combat controllers. And or I guess the combat con- only combat controller that was killed. And uh, So, yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible that somebody so young can kind of understand how you, know, you kind of put yourself in the shoes of the family members of how how tough it would be to lose your parent or your 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 sibling or your spouse. Um, so so will what's come since since this? What else have you done? Yeah, it's actually expanded some other areas that I never 
never really thought it would go. Um, I mentioned the media and how, how big that's been, but just the, I don't know, some of the different media outlets that have reached out to me and thought that it was an, a story they found interesting. That was one thing that's always been amazing to me. And, and also the social media aspect of it. Um, we've got some like 120 plus thousand followers on Facebook and 14,000 wow. on Instagram and all these people. I have no clue. I don't, I still don't understand how, how all these people have heard about it, but I'm really, really glad they have. Um, and also it's expanded to, um, some gear collaborations with Camelback water bottles and Nike t-shirts and just a bunch of different creative ways to try and raise more money, um, and support the cause further with awareness and support. Um, and then most recently, actually, um, in the last several years, baseball has actually become my main sport. And so obviously it started out as basketball because that was my favorite sport at the time. And, and it, it makes more sense to do a, a basketball shooting challenge just because baskets are, are a pretty easy thing to count. Um, and there's not really an equivalent for baseball, at least not one that we could think of at the time. Mm-hmm. And so over the last couple of years, people have been like, well, like, we know you as the pitcher, like, we know you as the baseball player. How come you're still doing these basketball shooting challenges? And like, they were just asking, like, playfully, just wondering. But I, I got to thinking and I was like, well, I, I play so much baseball. What if there's a way to turn Hawkeye into other sports? Um, and this summer, actually, we rolled out something called Operation Hawkeye Strike Force, where me and a bunch of my teammates on my summer team, we went out and we kept track of how many strikeouts we had all summer. And in the spring, sort of like how we did ahead of the first shooting challenge, we alerted our friends and family that we would be doing this and we tried to raise as much money for for our campaign and basically the premise was we'd ask people to pledge a certain amount of money per strikeout and our goal for the summer was 130 and i think we we've since surpassed it we got up to uh, at least 140 150 up around there and and i i think we're up around $20,000 in donations, so people have been really generous and donating, whether it was a dollar per strikeout, a generous donation, or like a cent per strikeout, or whatever, whatever they thought was best for them, and that's, that's turned out to be pretty interesting, and one thing that I'm really glad that we were able to do. Yeah, so, um, Operation Hawkeye, you started with a, with a basketball shooting, now you're in, you're in baseball, is there... How, how long have you been doing the – Did that was that just this past summer when you started the Strike Force? Yeah, it just began in, in June. Okay. So what what how is that – it seemed like you have other people or several people taking part in that. Is that right? Yeah, it, it was actually five other of my teammates. So so pretty much our whole pitching staff on my, my summer showcase team, they got behind it. I, I reached out to them ahead of the summer and was like, yo, like I thought of this idea – it's it's pretty rough right now just because I haven't put too much thought into it. But if you guys are interested in participating, I, I think we can do some pretty cool stuff with this. And and they all hopped on board immediately, and and so we we knocked out some of the kinks and it turned out to be a pretty great thing. So right now you're in uh, I don't know it's not baseball season. So are y'all doing any traveling right now and playing, or is it? 
is it done until the spring? Yeah, the the fall season actually ends this in the next weekend or two, and so then we're off for November and December, and we get back into it in late January, February, into the spring season. Okay. What kind of team are you going to have this year? I I think we'll be pretty good actually. Um, the guys. So it's it's sort of tricky just because the guy the strike force guys are on my summer team, which is different from my high school team. So the spring is high school, and the summer team is summer and fall. Okay. So, so our summer team was was great, and one of the reasons that strike force went so well is because we had some great pitchers on our team that struck out a lot of guys, and we were able to raise a lot of money. Um, so that was great to see. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So, what do you uh, do? You have any other plans for either to expand Strike Force or to even do something different with another sport? Yeah, we have a we have a pretty rough plan right now that was suggested to us by a couple of the baseball companies and organizations that got involved throughout the summer, um, and they they love the Strike Force idea, and they thought that it had the potential to become more of a national thing, sort of like what we did with the E17 free throw shooting challenge. And so now we're trying to figure out a way to make it a national online type deal where different high schools and travel teams across the country can keep track of their strikeouts or their hits as a team and then rally donations and funds around that. So that's the plan right now for expansion. Um, but we got a lot to go. We got, we got some time to work on that, but, we but you've got to go. some, you've got some organizations to help you. Is that right? To yes, sir. Of, okay. So I, I think I read where you donate at least some of the money to the Gold Star Teen Adventures. Yeah, all 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 the money that's donated goes straight to Gold Star Teen Adventures. Okay. So I, I'm guessing you had never even heard of a Gold Star family before. I did time. not even know what one was. <laughs> and and, uh, and most people don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great that you're, um, man, you've been exposed to so much, but you're also exposing thousands and thousands if not, or millions to to um, you know recognizing the sacrifices of these these you know our, our, our heroes and then their families yeah like, I know I know it it's meant a lot to me that I've been able to see that side of our country that you, you can't see it as a civilian unless you look really hard um, and I'm I'm really thankful and grateful that I've been able to to share that knowledge with other people like me that really just have no way to know what's going on if not for an organization like Hawkeye that, that brings it to them and like puts it in their face and says, this is some of the incredible things that your special operations community is doing overseas, and you should be thankful. And it's never hard to convince anyone that they should be thankful because it's really an obvious thing that they're, they're doing some amazing stuff. And, yeah. and we at home, the least we can do is just acknowledge that and keep that in mind when we're going about our daily lives and, just keep that in mind that there's a reason why we're able to enjoy the freedom that we do. Well, I mean, Will, I, I was in the same boat that you were in. I mean, and my brother, I've got a brother that's in the Air Force as a doctor, so that's mm-hmm. you know, completely different. And then my little brother, Mark, who was a combat controller, uh, I had no clue really what he did. He tried to tell me a little bit, but uh, until he was killed in action, then I start you know, learning what he was doing, and then I meet all these people these silent professionals. And so I felt the same way. It's like, man, I, that's why I started this podcast is I've met so many selfless humans over the past six years 
and th that have impressed me so much that I wanted to kind of, I wanted to talk to them and let other people try to help a broader, a bigger audience, you know, try to understand the type of people who are voluntarily, you know, protecting us. Yeah, I don't think that can be valued enough. No. Uh, so, any um, cool or you know, your big big names that you've met through this cause? <laughs> um, one that that I thought was pretty cool was meeting Admiral McRaven, the former U.S. SOCOM commander, mm -hmm. um, and now he's actually the chancellor at University of Texas. But that was really cool. He reached out to my parents i don't i don't know how he heard about hawkeye but this was years ago i think i was in eighth grade and didn't know who he was because i was still learning about the the system and and how it all worked um but he actually came by the house one day with a couple of his security guards and we played a game of two-on-two pickup basketball in my driveway <laughs> which was just one of the craziest things that happened to me there's this guy this really important guy that our country really could not do without um and and he was just playing basketball in my driveway and came in shared a glass of Gatorade with me afterwards and I just I still can't believe that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's not many people get that chance. Maybe nobody no. gets the chance to shoot basketball with him in the driveway. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, what else, Will? What else do you have going, or or what do you want to maybe share that we hadn't covered? I think we pretty much got a lot of it. Um, just the one, the one main thing in the works right now is that strike force deal, um, and also this fall, the next month or two, we have a um, a gear auction. Uh, one thing that I haven't mentioned is there are there are two ways that we usually have bigger companies and corporations get involved when we reach out to them and tell them about what we're doing. Um, one is obviously. I guess three things they can do. One is just straight up give money, which, I mean, is nice, but one thing that's great about Hawkeye is it's not necessarily about the money. Um, it's more about what the money uh, signifies. So even if you don't donate anything, if you spend the time to look at the Facebook page and educate yourself about what's going on in our world with our special special, special operations community, um, that's that's really enough. And if you don't have anything to give, that's fine because you're you're doing what you can by by proving to these guys that you do care about them and proving to their families that you care about their loss. Um, but beyond the money, we we've also created ways that companies can donate whatever their good is. So like with some of these tactical military companies, they've donated guns and, and all this cool military tactical equipment because um, they'll say we can't straight up give you just a donation of $1,000, but we can give you an $1,000 assault rifle. Does that work for you? <laughs> um, and, of course, initially I was like, well, what am I going to do with an assault rifle? I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with the, the gun market. Um, but we've, we've gotten in touch with some auction brokers, and, and just this fall we're, we're finally getting around to, to – it started – we started one last year, and we're continuing it this year where we're taking all the stuff that we've compiled and a lot of the generous donations that have come through through Hawkeye and we're auctioning them off online. Um, so that's been 
that's been pretty cool just because we've had all these really generous donations and up until last year we really didn't know what to do with a lot of it Mm -hmm. um whether it was a signed football from a nfl team or a signed basketball or pennant from an nba team or like i said a gun from a tactical company it's it's sort of hard to turn that into hard cash that we can turn into something that will do good for a gold star family or maybe making a memorial for one of these brave guys um and so this this auction is one way that we've been able to do that. So the auction coming up in a month or two and um, the strike force national business that we're trying to get rolling in the spring are, are two things um, on the docket right now. Okay. So what are your plans after high school? I'm going through the college application process right now and and trying to figure it out. And one question I get all the time, which I feel like it's a pretty obvious question to ask is like, which, are you considering the military? Because clearly I have a, I have a passion for these guys and I admire what they're doing. So I've, I've gotten that question a lot and I don't really know how to answer it just because I'm still trying to figure everything out. Um, I'm just applying to schools right now and trying to figure out what career path best for me. Um, so what this fall sports? is pretty big and, um, I'm thinking about playing baseball next year and I've got a couple options for that and also a couple of non-baseball options. So I'm trying to weigh them all together and see what will end up being the best fit for me. Mm-hmm. And wherever I go, I, I hope that I'll be able to continue Hawkeye and keep the mission rolling because it's something that's become such a big and important part of my life throughout the last five, six years that really be a shame just to let it all sort of fizzle oh, yeah. out because I think I think the cause is a great one and I think I should continue to do as much as I possibly can and that includes continuing on into college. Yeah, I mean, I it, you have a you do have a lot going on because I looked at your website a few weeks ago when I was trying to arrange this with you mm-hmm. and um, I don't remember if it was you or your dad. It's because I, I said, hey, do you still run the website? And the, yeah. the, the Facebook page, and he's like, yeah, it's me and my dad. So because yep. it had changed, it seemed like I looked at it several years ago when I first heard about it, and then uh, there was a, a you know a, a few-year gap there. And uh, it's a lot of work, I mean, what you're doing. Yeah, we've got we've got a couple of guys on our team that we, we run the website, but a lot of the graphic design is actually done by a guy named Josh Locatus, who is really incredible with his artwork. Um, so, he's, so he's able to put together all the graphics and and sort of the design because my dad and I know nothing about making a website. So so we, we helped him out and gave him a lot of direction, but he's been incredible in putting all that stuff together. And so my dad and I are the ones that actually put the information up there and and send it out throughout social media. But but Josh has been really great, and especially with the website. like You can tell it's, it's a pretty clean-looking machine and we're really grateful that he's been able to, to help us out. Yeah, it is. It's very, it's very professional. Um, it is clean, like you said. It looks great. So, well, tell us all the ways to to learn about Operation Hawkeye and to follow you and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, the social media is a great place to start. Um, we post pretty regularly on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter at. Operation Hawkeye on Facebook and op underscore Hawkeye on both Instagram and Twitter. And and that's 
that's where we put most of the information and anything else that you can find there will be on our website at ophawkeye.com and it just gives you information about what events we've got going on but also events that other organizations going on other other charities and and also just information about some of the guys that that we've lost in the special operations community throughout the last several decades um, since since the, the history of the whole thing began and so I think that's one neat thing like I said it's not it's not just about being able to donate X dollars to the cause because they know they know that the, the money is nice but the families what they really value is the fact that they know that we care here as civilians, as people who don't have any connection to the military. And I think that's one thing that has really affected some of the, the family members that I've met is the fact that I was so unfamiliar with it, yet I was still able to see that these guys are, are really incredible people and they deserve our, our respect and our and our thanks. And so the people who follow the the social media outlets and the website, they, they read up on these people, on these brave heroes that that we've lost and and i i think that means a lot just to inform ourselves and educate ourselves that i don't know it's it's not necessarily a good thing to just to just blow off and not be aware of of what these guys are doing for us because it's it's really it's incredible of them to do and it's something that we need to show our thanks to yeah well said well, man, I, you're very impressive. I, I, I kept thinking hearing you talk that uh, you need to be on Team Never Quit podcast. You ever listen to that? Huh. No, I don't. I haven't. I, I, I listened to it. It was Marcus Luttrell and David Rutherford, and uh, uh-huh. and they had a because they had a guy and his, a father and son on several weeks ago, and the son was pretty young too. He was seems like he was 18 or maybe very low 20s, and mm-hmm. and they've climbed multiple. You know, mountains, some of the highest peaks in the world. Oh yeah, together. I think I think I've heard about that. Uh, so it, it was really inspiring, and so you you have that same mentality. So I, I they need to have you on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Well, thanks, Will. Is there anything else that you want to share? No, you you covered it great. I appreciate it. Well, I'll I'll have links in the show notes. I'll have links to your uh, to okay. website, and um, and so it's I think this is. People are going to be inspired and, and amazed at the work you've done. And so hopefully it will generate a little more traffic and a little more awareness to what you're trying to do and hopefully just a little bit more money too. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I appreciate you taking the time to make this possible for us. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for agreeing. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. <laughs>